speeds up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's the longest sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry. Our website is lonesomeroad.org or you can call us at 618-383-2107. That's my partner Fred Mooney. And I am so excited about being here with you. Yeah, we're going to enjoy this ride today with our friends and family out there on that old Lonesome Road. We got some great music on our program today. And we have personal testimonies. And maybe just a little bit of preaching. All right. And thy words shall be a witness unto you today. So buckle up. Relax. And hold on tight because here we go. Church on the Road. Right here on your favorite radio station. Hey friends, this is Jeff and Gary Rayburn. I got my partner alongside of me. Hi, my name is Fred Mooney. I'm excited to be here on the Channel 21 conference line. Yeah, we've got a program tonight that we recorded on our conference line, and we're going to invite you to come join us every week on Thursday nights on our conference line, and you can hear messages like this one that you're going to listen to on tonight's program. What time's it start, Gary? Well, let's see. If we're East Coast, it'll be 6 p.m. on Thursday nights. Central time, where we're located, it's 5 p.m. Rocky Mountain time is 4 p.m. What about that West Coast out there? You mean California, IA? Yeah. That'd be 3 p.m. Yeah, we've got a couple of great chaplains out there in California, and they tune in at 3 p.m. every Thursday and join us right here on our conference line. Now, what's that phone number? The phone number is 727-731-5062. That is 727-731-5062. Thursday nights at 6 p.m. and no access code needed. So you're invited to join us each week right here on Channel 21 Ministries Conference Line. 
daddy taught me early how to run that old moonshine. Said to never take a drink, no, you gotta keep it between the lines. Gotta keep that pedal down, boy, when you cross Kentucky's line. Now the law was chasing my daddy, but the Lord had me in mind. Said you gotta learn your car, son, gotta keep it running tight. She's got to make it through the day But she's got to run all night When you're running from the law Ain't nothing like a fool My daddy ran from the law But I ran from the law You can run, but you can't hide. Never have peace inside. You can take the wheel and get life by the tail. Every man's gonna fall, no matter how strong or tall. That will of God will always prevail. And the one thing you can afford is to run from the Lord. Summer morning, summer around daylight. Daddy was doing the driving, I'd been driving all night. And I heard those tires are burning, saw the tractor in the road. That day I didn't go to hell But I didn't have far to go But I woke up in the bean field Daddy wasn't moving none And something just seemed to tell me Daddy made his last run Running from the Lord ain't no big deal, you see. Cause the law never caught my daddy, but the Lord caught up with me. You can run, but you can't hide. Never have peace inside. You can take the wheel to get life by the tail. Every man's gonna fall, no matter how strong or tall, that will of God will always prevail. And the one thing you can't afford is to run from the Lord.
No more run and shine, Daddy. I'm a preacher now, Daddy. Watch me go. All right, Fred, we are ready for tonight's uh, conference line with uh, Grady Sweeney. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Grady's got a message for us that uh, I think we can all take to heart. So sit back, relax, and get ready to hear Grady Sweeney. All right. Thank you for all those that are joining, uh, drivers, listeners. Uh, I just pray that you'll be in prayer uh, as I share this, and I'm I'm just going to do a quick word of prayer, and dive, we're going to dive right in, okay? Almighty God, thank you for this opportunity. I do not take it lightly. Father, guide my mouth, my voice, uh, to honor you and to glorify you, uh, and that um, if there is one lost out there, that they would be brought to you. Uh, through salvation, and one that has strayed away, Lord, that the, you will guide them back to you. So, Father, remove me. Get me out of the way. Give me a fresh anointing for this word. In Jesus' name, amen. A little bit of intro here to uh, who I am. Uh, like Brother Gary said, I'm very new. Uh, my wife and I both are very new to the Lonesome Road Ministry. We thank God for the opportunity uh, to serve in this. My pulpit for the night is literally my steering wheel. Uh, I'm sitting in the driver's seat as I'm bringing this. Uh, we're parked right inside the Texas line. So uh, as I preach to you, as I, as I teach to you, uh, I'm coming to you from experience. You drivers that are listening, uh, I know what it's like to be out there. I've been doing this for years. So, but sit back and relax, and let's see what God's got in store for us. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, Mom and Dad was always there for me. I uh, grew up in a Free Will Baptist church, and um, Mom and Dad taught me and my other two siblings. I was the oldest of three, and they taught us uh, the Word of God. I mean, we... <laughs> Mom said that uh, I was in church even nine months before uh, I entered into this world. I mean, so um, I was blessed to have parents. Uh, Mom has gone to be with the Lord, and Dad is now uh, almost 85 and still running circles around me. Um, as I was growing up, there were certain aspects of my life uh, that were not... Uh, taught to me, and I blame no one, um, but there were certain things that I did not learn that I wished I had, and hopefully uh, by me sharing pieces of my testimony, you can share these with others, uh, maybe even uh, with the younger generation, and that would help guide them as well. Um, I came through... uh, school and, and church, and uh, I was very busy in the church. Uh, my parents were teachers and singers in the choir. Uh, church was all I knew growing up. Growing up. Um, I married uh, my first wife. Um, she was a good Christian woman, and things began to turn for me uh, right at that point. 
uh, because a lot of things in my life uh, that had happened from my childhood up to that time really shaped me. Um, I, I didn't know that I was being lured into a uh, an addiction that I'll talk about later, uh, that I'll touch very briefly on, and what that life uh, led for me and the vic- victory I had over it in Jesus Christ. Um, but as I study the Word of God, I found that our life is just a clay vessel, just like the Apostle Paul talked about uh, in First Corinthians, that we are basically clay vessels, um, and we are to be used in God's pur- for God's purpose. Uh, some of these things I learned uh, along the way, but God had a new had a plan for me, and God has a plan for you as well. Uh, and what I want to illustrate here is how God can use you no matter how marred you think your life is. God can reconstruct and redo things uh, and and recreate uh, that vessel for his purpose. So as I was growing up, I I don't know how, but I was exposed to uh, the world of pornography, and that's where my addiction uh, began. And for a good bit of my life, it consumed me. And as a young man growing up, uh, I I was ashamed of it. I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. And God wrestled with me trying to tear me out of there. So God used me in in a lot of different ways coming out of this uh, to help other men conquer this in the name of Jesus in their in their life. I'm amazed at how God can use such a marred vessel such in ways that we we mess up our lives that Satan tries to really get it knock us off course and keep us from listening to the voice of God and to keep us ourselves out of his hands that is always trying to mold us and shape us into his uh, perfect vessel. In Jeremiah 1, 5, we have scripture that uh, basically says that he knew us before he ever formed us in the womb. So he knows our story. He knows where we're going to mess up. What I want to try and get a whole, get a picture of here for you is that God has a plan for every life. And God was orchestrating my life in a very powerful way. Jeremiah 18 says, Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. What I didn't realize was that God was always in my life. And he was constantly there, even though that I did not want to acknowledge him in my youth and growing up. I wanted to do my thing. I wanted to do uh, what made me happy, what satisfied me. A lot of things I was doing, I did not understand what, I, how I got wrapped into it uh, or or trapped into it or whatever. But 
God began to open my eyes through some people that he put in my life and that just loved me unconditionally. And as I said before, I married early, uh, about 20 years of age, uh, for the first time. That marriage lasted about two and a half years. And things went wrong. We, we didn't go in the direction that we should have. But I, me being wrapped up in my addiction, I got lured to another woman. And I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I was in adultery, but God used that later on for me to help with others. But what I did not know was the woman that I was getting involved in was steeped heavily in witchcraft and the New Age cult. And if you've ever had any experience with that, it, it it's, uh, it's a conversation for basically another time, but it, it can really take you into some bad places. I knew enough to stay away from it and try to keep our children uh, away from it. I was in that second marriage for 15 very long, grueling years. Basically, I was running from God was why I committed the adultery. My first wife was a good, godly woman. And so me and my ignorance and, and my rebellion, uh, I, I took off after another woman. After I left her, I, I quickly ran into God. And one thing I always try to point out to other people, when you run from God, it doesn't matter how long it takes, you eventually run into God. And you have a decision to make if you're either going to continue running or you're going to surrender. To me, the word surrender became a very beautiful act uh, towards God later. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But all I knew was that when I left my first wife and I knew I had done, God really laid it on heavy uh, on me that I had done wrong. And it was almost like God withdrew his hand away from me and it scared me. I did not feel him. But later I knew that he never left me. I came to a point where I had gotten thought about taking my own life a couple of times. But the turning point in that was the point that I went down to the barn uh, that was on our property. And I had a very planned out way of getting out of this. And because, one, I committed adultery, I was ashamed of myself. But all I knew was that I had done wrong in the sight of God, and that bothered me. I had lost every friend. I lost my driver's license. I almost lost my career. Uh, during that time, I was a paramedic. I was a paramedic and firefighter for uh, 23 years in the state of South Carolina. And it was what happened in that barn. The plan was to take my life. And I, as I sat there, Preparing for that, God spoke. And when God speaks to me, he speaks in an audible tone. And I hear him very clearly. 
And he said, stop. Don't do this. This is where I heard Jeremiah 1. I knew you way before you were even born or before you were even conceived. I knew you. I knew how your life was to play out. I knew how screwed up you would make things for yourself. But if you will give yourself over to me and surrender to my will, I can make all things new. Well, I didn't fully understand that at that time. I thought that I was so messed up in my heart, in my head, in my life, and I wondered why nobody was coming around me to help direct me back onto this path. But I see now where God wanted me back on that path, and he wanted me He wanted my attention totally on him and no one else. During that time, I found out that my second wife around in 2003 was having an affair with with two other men. And the witchcraft was getting heavier in the house. That is when God started really pulling at me to get my kids in church at all costs. And I had to stand at all costs. Threats were made on me uh, that if I taught my children about Jesus Christ and heaven and hell, uh, that I would never see my children again as long as I live. But I kept hearing God's voice saying, trust me, trust me. So I chose to trust. And things got really hard, and, and God was teaching me about spiritual warfare in that and during that time as well, and who I am as a child of God once we take him as Lord and Savior. But God was preparing me for something else, something really great that I was about to face. In 2004, he allowed me to go into a really deep sleep one night, and I know this was a vision. It was a warning from God. Basically, I'll try to sum this up for for time, uh, but I was working on a ship, shipping barnacles off of the ship on a pier. And in the distance, there was a storm coming. And this storm, I could tell it was pretty intense. So people were coming in off the docks and leaving because of the storm. And they would holler, hey, come on in. And I would just continue working. I got this. Everything's going to be just fine. Pretty soon... I was engulfed in the water, in the storm. I mean, I was way under the water, but I was still chipping barnacles, still at work while being engulfed in this storm. When I woke up, I sat up on the side of the couch because I slept on the couch for two years, and God spoke to me, and he interpreted, and he told me, he said, son, you're getting ready to go through a great storm that's going to engulf your life. Trust me, I will give you great peace in the storm. Maybe somebody out there that's listening to me right now is going through a storm that you can't see your way through. You can't make heads or tails of anything. You're losing sleep at night, whatever. Let me encourage you to trust in the Lord. Surrender your life over to him. My surrender looked like this. God was moving people, putting people in my path to encourage and to help them see 
who they are in Christ and standing and having a spiritual backbone. And what I didn't realize during that time, that God was forming me with his hands into a mighty warrior that he had created me to be, to fight against our enemy, the devil. And so many times I came encounter with him face to face through my ex-wife, my children's mom, other people that he would use as instruments to try and really, you know, turn my world upside down. But you see, I'd already discovered that God had his hands on me. He is he was my protector and still is my protector. He is your protector. And that peace that he gave me, it is the peace that transcends all understanding as the Apostle Paul describes. You you just can't explain that type of peace that God puts over your life. You just know that it comes from him. And I was experiencing this. My moment of surrender came in an upper room. <laughs> uh, and basically, it, it I was studying to be a Christian counselor at that time. And God began to deal with my heart on his will for my life. And I'm like, you know, Lord, I've never even asked you what your will for my life is. I had always tried to do things my way. Well, what it is, it's not about us. It's never about us. God, God did not create us just for ourselves. He created us for his purpose, to bring glory to him and to bring others to him. And to help one another, encourage and lift one another up. So I'm asking God, I'm like, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Because this is what I'm seeing. Correct me if I'm wrong. And he spoke and he said, I need you to surrender. I need you to give all of yourself to me so that I can do what I need to do. Because me was getting in the way of his plan. So I got down on my knees. I got out of the desk chair. And my altar was my desk chair that I was sitting in. And for some reason, I reached and grabbed my keys that were hanging on my side. And I looked. And every key on there represented my career, all of my material possessions, that God had blessed me with. And all these things were, while they were about me, they were things that God had blessed me with. And I'm like, Lord, is am I to, is, is this really it? Is this how it's done? And so I threw my keys up in front of the Lord, and I said, okay, Lord, I don't know what your plan looks like for me, but I give up. I surrender because all I do is get in your way and I I seem to be backtracking all the time and you know, I just need you to just take take the wheel and and just guide me and I'll follow. No matter what you ask, I'll follow. So from that point and let me tell you, things begin to change immediately. God gave me a boldness uh, of Paul I mean, I know it. I know it don't sound like it in the beginning of this this presentation here, but um, I'm telling you, 
if God has got a calling on your life, whether it is to be a, hus- a Christian husband, uh, there are kids coming into your life, a career move, uh, a promotion, whatever it is, and God is orchestrating that thing, let me encourage you, do not get in the way. Step back, let God do what he's going to do so that he gets the glory and not you. Remember, you are the clay, and he is the potter. He is the one that is always forming. What about, let's go back to what about all of the injuries, so to speak, and the marred clay that we have done through our disobedience, through our our, our walk away from God, because I, I've witnessed to people, uh, one man in particular, and he he would not come to Christ because he, this was his very words. I've got to get clean before I come to Christ. I'm, I, I'm, I can't come to him like I am. What I, what I want to say right now is what I describe to a lot of people. It's like God took Jer- young Jeremiah down to the potter's house, um, and he was going to show him a, a beautiful example of the potter and the clay. I don't know if you've ever messed with uh, pottery before, uh, but I learned over the years that old vessels can be restored. And as I was watching this, the way that the broken, marred vessel is restored to new life is that the potter takes it and submerges it, just barrels it down in water. Now let's go to a spiritual side of that. God, at the point of our surrender, because up until then, the picture of our clay pot, our clay vessel, looks like it is spinning out of control on the will of God, God's will for our life. I hope you're following me. If you've ever watched a potter work with a new piece of clay, it looks like that wheel is going to just fly right off and the clay will go flying off the wheel. But as he he or she is forming and shaping that clay into a beautiful vessel, it becomes to turn more in a perfect circle. And when it's finished... It, it is turning in a perfect cir- circle because the clay has surrendered to the hands of the master because in the master's mind, he already knew what that clay, that vessel was going to be used for. No matter how marred and messed up that it was, he has now formed a new vessel and he can do that with your life. Go all the way back to when God created man. His word says that we, the Adam, was formed from the dust of the earth. Well, the dust or the dirt from the earth is used to make clay, is it not? So 
And and I also think of the time my wife and I were talking the other day about, you know, God using so many simple uh, examples of of clay, that we are clay vessels in his hands. Look at the blind man that Jesus spit in the dirt, made a little bit of mud, and put over his eyes and gave him the command to go wash. He reformed the man's eyes out of the clay that he was originally created from. When when I thought of that, it was, it was like a shouting time for me. God had to do something very, really drastic with me as far as the pot, the marred pot being put into submerged in water. Now, there is a particular time limit on how long that can be submerged into water. Usually it's about 24 hours. I've learned that anything after 24 hours and it begins to break down and it is no longer usable. Well, God's timing is always perfect. My submersion took on me standing in front of my ex-wife and claiming victory in advance over this situation. She didn't realize that I was speaking to Satan himself. But threats were made upon me, and I was told that if I embarrassed her over the, adulter- over the adultery that she had committed, that she would destroy my life at every turn. One thing I've learned, you don't ever challenge Satan uh, to his face because he is always up to the challenge. You had better know who you stand for if you encounter that. Three days later, with lies being told, I landed up in jail. My attorney said, don't worry, you'll be out in 11 days because you have to wait for a judge uh, to set bond, and he's not going to be here this week. So you'll be in there about 11 days. My 11 days turned into nine months. I will tell you, one, I couldn't figure out why so long at first. But as each day unfolded, I knew exactly what was going on because God peeled back the layers of my eyes and he said, I've got you where I want you, where you're going to listen to me, and where you're going to yield to me. God will take drastic measures if he has to with you. He did with me. During that time, I lost my, my paramedic career because I lost both of my certifications uh, during that time. It was God. What God was doing was peeling away me, removing me, getting me out of the way, and I was learning to hear his voice in a different way, see others through his eyes, hear others through his eyes. I can tell you so many stories where God was so present during that time. If I had that time to do all over again, I would gladly go back because what God did has made me to be the man that I am today. I thank God for that time every minute. During that time, there was close to, I would say, approximately 54 men that came to the Lord. I was even threatened by by the warden that if I didn't stop my devotions and my counseling with the men, that he was going to put me in solitary confinement. I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing what God called me to do. I'm standing where God wants me to stand. 
because he is forming a new thing in me. He is fixing all of the damage that I had done to my life by running from him and disobeying him and being in rebellion. The Bible says that rebellion is the same thing as witchcraft. When God puts his hands on you and he begins to reshape you after your surrender, that thing can get painful. But that pain is worth everything. You may lose things that... But trust me, you're going to lose things that didn't that doesn't even matter in your life. All that matters is you need to stay in line with God, following the Holy Spirit's lead, listening for Him, and watching His other move, every move. We have no right as humans to say to God, and I'm going to turn over, and I'm going to read this. This comes out of Romans chapter 9, starting with verse 19. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who resists his will? On the contrary, who are you, old man, who answers back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, why did you make me like this? Or why did you will it this way? Or does the potter, does the potter have a right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for common use. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy. I went in to the county jail or God's soaking so that he could mold me. God won't, God is saying to you, can I not do with you as the potter does to the clay? There's so much more to my testimony, and I feel I didn't do a really good job of what I needed to say. But if I, if I could tell you anything, if you're driving down the road, if you're sitting at home listening to this, wherever you are, and you have all the indication that God is calling you back to himself or calling you to himself, I beg you, stop. Stop and just what you're doing and surrender to him. Surrender is not a word we like. Submission is not a word we like. We will never get it right on our own because we come into this world not knowing anything. We are in need of holy God. We are in need of his son, Jesus Christ, and his shed blood on the cross in order to get through this world that was tainted with sin in the beginning. You will never make it without God. Let him put his hands on your life and begin to remold you and fix the scars. I don't care what you've been through. Because I've been there, I can tell you. My wife has been there. She can testify this. It doesn't matter how marred you are, what you've done, if you've been in prison, if you've had addictions, if you've—I I don't care where you are in life right now. If you surrender to God, 
No, he's not going to ma- wave a magic wand, and you're going to wake up and everything's all hunky-dory the next morning. <clears throat> it takes time for God to turn things around, but it is a daily walk in that turn, and it's going to be painful. I'm not going to paint this as a bed of roses for anyone, but I can reassure you, as Paul wrote in Philippians 1.6, that he who began a good work will be sure to finish it. When did he begin his good work? I personally want to claim he did it before I was even formed in my mother's womb. Let that sink in, please. I'm going to wrap up with this. If you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, please, I beg you, it's so simple. First, you have to realize that you're a sinner, that you can't make it without Jesus, God's one and only Son that gave his life for you at Calvary. We have to ask him for his forgiveness. He is just to forgive us. If we will just get serious with him, he will get serious with us. Believe that he died for you. Believe that he rose again, and he is coming, and he is coming soon, I assure you. I believe with all of my heart we are living in the last days. And confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord that he is your Lord of your life, King of kings, and Lord of lords, and you will be saved. Your destination will be changed from eternal separation from God to eternal eternity with God. I hope you want to change that. I know there's someone out there that's going to be listening to this, and you've known the walk with the Lord. You know you need to come back. Like I knew I should have never walked away. Let me say this from my heart. Your family, your kingdom family loves you. We want you back. But more than that, Jesus is standing at the door once again with his arms open wide saying, come back, come back to me, please. Let me fix things. Come back to me because I love you unconditionally. He will take you back, but we have to come back on his terms, not ours. He is not a bargaining God. Let him use you in a way that will blow you away and that will lead others to Christ. Won't you put your trust in Jesus, the one? Who died on Calvary He will open up Your blinded eyes In the empty tomb you will see Trust in Jesus He'll give you new life Trust in Jesus He'll end your pain and strife Trust in Jesus Learn how to pray Trust Him today No longer stray Won't you put your trust In Jesus Won't you put Your trust in Jesus He will give you Eternal light The gift is free For you and for me the way, the truth, and the life. Trust in Jesus, He'll give you new life. 
Trust in Jesus, he'll end your pain and strife. Trust in Jesus, learn how to pray. Trust him today, no longer stray. Won't you put your trust in Jesus? Jesus will live with him eternally up in heaven on streets of pure gold a mansion waits for you and me trust in Jesus he'll give you new life trust in Jesus He'll end your pain and strife. Trust in Jesus, learn how to pray. Trust Him today, no longer stray. Won't you put your trust in Jesus? Trust in Jesus, He'll give you new life. Trust in Jesus, He'll end your pain and strife. Trust in Jesus, learn how to pray. Trust Him today, no longer stray. Won't you put your trust in Jesus? Trust in Jesus, learn how to pray. Trust Him today, no longer stray. Won't you put your trust in Jesus? Fred, uh, these drivers out there, if they want to get that close personal relationship with God, if they want to surrender completely their hearts to Him, you know, it's as easy as what? It's as easy as ABC. First of all, you need to admit that you're a sinner. For we know in Romans 3.23, it says, For all sin comes short of the glory of God. Now, my pastor told me all means all, and that's all it means. It means everyone, me, you, we all have sinned. And B stands for believe. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that whosoever, and we're all a whosoever, shall believe upon him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And the C stands for confess. Confess in your heart that you believe Jesus Christ is God's Son, he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He rose on the third day. And if you admit, believe, and confess that, you will be saved, and you'll become part of the family, part of the family of God. So, drivers, all you have to do is pray a simple little prayer. Just pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I want to be a Christian. That's it. You know, and, and uh, we got one CD, Terry Hopkins, when he got saved, he said, Lord, save me. That's all he said. And guess what, friends? He saved him. It's not the words you say. It's the coming from your heart. God hears your heart, and he will do what you say. If you ask him to save you, he will save you. Here's a, here's a prayer that you can pray right here. It says, Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins.
and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart, come into my life. I want to trust you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Cry out today and ask Christ into your heart and then give us a call right here at Lonesome Road Ministry. And what's that phone number again? 618-383-2107. That's right.
If you've enjoyed what you heard and you would like to talk to Lonesome Road Ministries, give Gary a call at 618-383-2107. That's 618-383-2107. Call today. Or you can log on to our website, lonesomeroad.org. We would love to hear from you. And that phone number that Fred gave you, you can also text me your mailing address. We'd love to get you on our mailing list and send you some of these every month out there on the road. And remember this, friends. Jesus loves you. And we We do do too. We'll talk at you later. Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those eighteen wheels are rolling that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past But I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree 
Captain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road Radio, and we want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. And if you can't give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by.
Oh